Hello fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, it's AJ here, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Thanks so much to all our lovely subscribers who tuned in for the interview last week with Callum Lee, and helped make that our most listened to episode ever. We had a lot of fun making it and hope to do more episodes like that in the future, so check back here soon for more interviews. However, this week we rejoin the adventuring party in Uthodern Crown Court as they wait for Dwarfen Chief Justice Cacard Greasegrip to sentence them for their assorted crimes and misdemeanours. As ever, it's worth noting that everyone involved in the production of this podcast is a professionally trained piss wizard, and as such, most of the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. So be warned, this podcast is filthier than a farmer's mudflaps. But hell, you didn't come here to listen to me preach now, did you? So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join us for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Please enjoy. And we are live. Right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so straight off the bat, it's worth noting that we don't have a Lewis or a Chanel this evening. So Chris has very kindly offered to autopilot Maud, and I will autopilot Aristobulus. But the question that everyone wants to know, uh, Matt, is who is this week's sponsor? This week was sponsored by uh, Rich Beef Sausages. (laughs) Rich Beef Sausages. Wow. The discerning gentleman. Well, when you put it that way, that that, that, that sounds filthy. Well, it's not like a working class beef sausage. This is a rich beef sausage. Yes, I suppose it is. Yeah, full of flavour uh, and body. Yeah, for the for the proper gentleman. Oof! Put capitalism in your mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Can tell you the copywriter. <laughs> what offer do we have for listeners for these rich beef sausages, Matt? <laughs> um. 25% off when you use the promo code uh, beef. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say sling it in, but... Although I think like any any customers that are going to want to buy buy this, these, these fancy boy sausages, they, they'll, they won't want to use a discount code they're too fancy boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a code so status. There's no discount. In, case, in fact, there's a code that doubles the price. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're getting in a... You're, you're really getting your money's worth. Yeah. Four sausages for the price of eight. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Well, good. I mean, ten years in acting school, and that's the level of improv you're bringing us, man. Marvelous. <laughs> that's, that's right. zero years in acting school. Zero, I mean, zero <laughs> Yes. Well, that is the kind of content that the listeners are gagging for. Right. I'm going to save us from that piss-poor improvisational skill by giving us a recap. So, here we go. With a recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd found themselves having judicial japes as they had been dragged in front of Kakard Greasegrip, the dwarven chief justice in the city of Uthodern. Their lifestyle of reckless abandonment finally catching up with them. Turns out, jailbreaking out of a dwarven prison, impersonating underbaron Brock Damarov, and pissing all over the elves of the Savalier Wood had finally come back to haunt them. 
the adventuring party having been absent for two years, the local community had had plenty of time to amass evidence and prepare charges against them. Luckily, the adventuring party had just plopped back into existence on the doorstep of Utherdern, conveniently the day before. So, the trial trudged along with all due process being observed. Belsiar trying to call Simic the Tortle as a character witness, but it was hard to tell whether this helped or hindered their current situation. Tatty, who had broken out of jail, surrendered himself and gave a meandering statement justifying their historic misdeeds. Moved by the gnome's frank honesty, Chief Justice Greasegrip decided to call time on the trial and allow the jury to deliberate. As the party waited for a verdict in a secure side room, Hanash, who had been hiding out with a toddler at the back of the courtroom, grabbed Aristobulus and took him out to a pub, the chipped cup, whilst court was momentarily adjourned. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. Right. Just for the sake of narrative, which I'm starting to think this might have crashed now. Oh, no. Can you see me? I can see you. You just don't move it. Yeah, I can see you. Uh, Dick weasels. Hold on a minute. And we're recording again. Right, we'll seamlessly edit out that shit show. Right, yeah, so for the sake of narrative, we're going to pick up with Hanash and Aristobulus in the chipped cup pub, which is a seedy... Well, is it seedy? I mean, it's just like every pub. All good courthouses have a pub next to them where the uh, legal types and gentry and the assorted criminal find themselves mixing bumping shoulders and sharing pints of ale and in that bar we find the oversized green half-orc and the filthy looking spiritual pervert hiding out in a corner sharing a brew I mean obviously not sharing a brew they have one each my turn, I want some <laughs> <laughs> right what are you doing Anash? Um, is it like a part of the pub where I can be less conspicuous or like to kind of like blend in a bit more because like I'm concerned that we are kind of fugitives at this point <laughs> in the bar that maybe you know probably no one associate with the cases there because that'd be insane to like go for like a half hour recess and go for a pint or would it no yeah I'd like to try and like hide away in a little nook somewhere Okay, right. Several things. For some reason, I've already stated that you're having drinks. So let's just presume you and Aristobulus stole drinks off someone's table. Yeah. So being that you haven't really got any money, being that all of your possessions are currently held by the courtroom, you make your way through the bar. Make me a perception check. Fourteen. Fourteen. As you sip on your rather horrible room temperature mug of ale, which has a thick head and a filthy sediment in it, You feel a disturbance in the atmosphere as you look over and you see several dwarven glass blades entering the far side of the bar, everyone looking around a little bit unsure. As you look around, you see a door in front of you where some fairly terrible music is coming from behind the door at the end of the bar. Yeah, I uh, I kind of look at Arxobus and point to the door and start congering through (laughs) because <laughs> nothing says subtle like a conga in a two man conga you make your way to the door <laughs> the, the only the only thing less subtle than a conga is a two man conga <laughs> especially when one of you is a foot and a half taller than the other one green. this is this is more one of spycraft you don't, you don't want to like just like kind of be all like 
like, I don't know, like, uh, it's like still and kind of trying to be sneaky, you know, you've got to be confident. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, fully owning your conga, you make, I mean, despite the fact there's not really a great deal of music in this current tavern, <laughs> you make your way to the door at the side. As you open it a crack, you're hit by a waft of shitty out-of-tune music as you see a band warming up. Uh, I say a band, it's more of an orchestra. You see various people seated, tuning instruments. Uh, we have all of the uh, main ingredients to an orchestra. I'm going to show the fact I know nothing now. We've got woodwind, brass, the other one, strings and ho- horns and uh, the other things that make up music. Xylophones. Xylophones and a man with a triangle. As you <laughs> see them all, percussion, that's the fella. And percussion, there you go, seamless. Private education, paid off. So as you look into the room, Hanash and Aristobulus, you see a really like amateur-looking orchestra just warming up. Uh, it's quite a lot of them. There's um, 20-odd people all just tuning their various instruments. Are there any other punters in there yet? No. This is like a back room in a pub. Someone's clearly hired it for music practice. Oh, no. Do I pretend to be part of the orchestra and just try and start playing with them? <laughs> and the only people that are in there are other people who are members of the orchestra. Well, I'm sure they don't know each other. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Say you're a record producer and you want to make the bridge. <laughs> Looking over, you see the glass blades are now making their way further down the bar, asking individual people uh, questions, stopping table to table. I'm not saying I've stolen this out of the cantina at Star Wars, but the the, the glass blades are wandering around towards the top. So, suddenly, an, an elf and a dwarf will come to you and, and say, you'll, you'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be dead! Uh, yeah, what are you, what are you doing? I'd like to listen to try and hear what they're asking. Uh, it's too loud. There's there's a lot of like hubbub. Why the fuck do I keep using the word hubbub? There's a lot of background noise. Uh, this the talking and general merriment of a inn with about fifty people in the tap room is quite hard. But you see them, and you know dwarfs being short. Understatement of the year. Uh, you you you. They haven't entirely spotted you yet. Okay. Glass blades liked us, right? Or did they not like us? I can't remember if they liked us. So I mean, the, the glass blades are the uh, like the militia that runs the city. So there were more glass blades than the people who just came with you to Palebone Village. They're, they are the de facto militia of the city. So you can assume that they would be the ones who would be sent to arrest you should you go missing out of jail. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to the orchestra and I'll give like, hey guys, I've, I'm a very rich person. I don't have anything on me right now, but if, you, if I can hide behind you guys, if someone comes in and asks questions, if you guys be cool, I'll make it very much worth your while. Very wealthy. Twenty heads turn around to stare at you as a harp just goes twong, nong, 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 nong. Uh, Make me a persuasion check. 17. 17. As a tiny dwarf and conductor in a, like, bow tie and things, says, do you play a musical instrument? I'm very good on drums. As Aristobulus says, do I? Yeah. (laughs) Can I I borrow a tin whistle? (laughs) As uh, the the dwarf and conductor says, consider this your lucky day. We've got a few people who dropped out today. 
do your best. As you look over, there's various um, there's various like gaps. Everyone's looking a little bit sheepish. There's some kettle drums at the back. Aristobulus picks up a clarinet as you attempt to blend into a dwarf-only orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> at least I went for the sat down one. Um, cool. Is there like are they wearing like a uniform or anything? No. This is um, this is an amateur back room of a pub with just a load of lovely locals who like to play for the love of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit at the back with the drums. As you hear a knock on the door, as some glass blades tentatively come into the room, as the conductor at the front says, "All right, if you've got your positions, is everybody ready and warmed up? Then we will play." Green sleeves. As you see in front of you, various sheet music. Aristobulus looks at it, turns it round several times, turns it round again, looks over at the person next to him, goes to grab his music, who slaps his hand and puts him away and just ruffles his notes around. As I need you to make me a performance check. Oh. And Aristobulus is also going to make one. Nine. Could Nine. Uh, yeah, you can make a performance check for Aristobulus. Hang on, am I? You're, you're doing Aristobulus, I think. Oh, I'm doing Aristobulus, bollocks. Sorry, listeners. I can I can roll it. I can roll it, but you'll have to tell me what his bonus is. Oh, fucking dildos. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. And the sense of tension is gone. Okay, so you got nine. And Aristobulus got... Six! Oh, so, no. as... Oh, you hear everyone like warming up as you hear some strings go You hear it As you come in on the drums just going As you look over and a little dwarf is just like giving you that say what and then that's when I get into my, like, my solo. <laughs> we go full Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah. As you hear the conductor say, No, no, no. Listen, from the top, you imbeciles. When I say go, you come in on your cue. Not before, not afterwards, not in some fucking key you just made up. He looks over at Aristobulus and is like, There is no key of H. I don't understand. It's not. It's an octave. I'm really, I'm really picturing this dwarf as J.K. Simmons right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not quite my key. Mm-hmm. Not, not quite my key. All right, we'll try again from the top. Can I ask the conductor to give me like a nod when it's when, I, when I'm meant to come in? He's like, okay, okay. He's looking right at you. He's actually less concerned about Aristobulus, who uh, is still trying to steal sheet music off the man next to him. As you may need to make me another performance check. Three. <laughs> <laughs> as, as the conductor says, All right, on your marks, get ready. As he goes to lift up his stick, as you just hear Aristobulus just go. As everyone turns around, as the glass blades at the door are like, I, that's the guys we're looking for. 
My mom is green, man. And my dad <laughs> Oh, hey guys. How you doing? We were just on break from the trial. Uh, All right. Go back. All right. You're going to come... You gonna come gently, or are we gonna take you by force? Well, gently. You know, I always thought this was gonna happen. This is, All right. Tell you what. Yeah. Well, come on then. As you've entertained us, we can take your drinks with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, cheers, chap. Come on, have something. And then I say, come on, lad. And you now, as I barge past them, like putting away that I'm going with them. I don't want I'm not running away. Aristobulus uh, takes his tin whistle with him as the conductor's like, uh, "That's ours." As Aristobulus says, yeah, right you are, yeah, and like sticks it in his pocket. (laughs) As you make your way back through the bar, all eyes are on you. This is the most exciting thing that's happened in the bar. Everything is stationary. As you calmly walk out, like you make your way, you've not been manacled. There's a lot of trust going on here. Aristobulus has decided to cover his face as if he's in a trial. He doesn't want to be seen by people. This is like a show trial in the mid-90s. He's covering his face from the paparazzi as he makes his way back into the courtroom as you're taken back into the holding room. So Tatty and Belsia and Maud, you hear a rumble as the door opens and Hanash and uh, Aristobulus are ushered back into the room, each of them holding a mug of ale. Well, I'm assuming I've had a couple of sips. So I'm like, hey guys, you want some booze? I said, fuck yeah. I, was just, I, I point over a... I, I'm pretty sure there was a guard on the inside of this room with us. There was, yes. Yeah, when we moved in here. And I said, yeah, I was just about to ask for the drink service here. Mm-hmm. shit. And I just take the, the, take the gold. <laughs> Excellent. As everyone looks around, the guards who've just brought Hanash in say, if you wouldn't mind waiting here, we are still... Adjourned? The jury will make a decision shortly. Try not to make any fuss and help yourself to the free amenities as he just points to the carafe of water that's in the middle of the table. Could we have some notes? Little petrol bits. <sighs> Give me a persuasion check. Quite, quite through. He looks at you and says, What the fuck do you think this is? The Hilton? I gave you some fucking nuts. I've given you a pint of ale, you son of a bitch. No, you didn't. <laughs> I bought this. Is there a uh, laundry service? <laughs> As Belsian says, I, I begin taking off all my <laughs> my various robes. And <laughs> Just very neatly hanging them up. As, As we look over and see. You see Belsiar just washing his robes using the carafe of water and just wringing them out, just hanging them up over the uh, radiator at the end. Because, yeah, come, come to think of it, I, in, the, in our entire adventure, I don't think we've stopped to do any laundry. We must stink. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Jack Bauer has never stopped to take a piss yeah. in the history of 24. And that is something that I find very difficult. So, yes, you're left in there for a while as a man looks over. Sorry. Before they leave you, yeah, he looks over you and says, What the fuck does this look like? Bed and breakfast. Of course there's no fucking fucking laundry service. Where do you get your clothes cleaned? My wife. Can can she clean our clothes? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Just when I was about to question him for gender gender roles, Belsia (laughs) him with the even better question. I get, I, 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 I'm just kind of like exactly the same as I was last week when we when we got put in this room. I'm just very relaxed, like sat 
back on a chair, like with my feet up, like leaning the chair back a little bit. And I stick my hand up and I say, I didn't see, um, I didn't see Tessarian in the witness box. Did he, um, did he manage to make it down? What the fuck do you think I am? You're a fucking defense lawyer. You're asking me who's a fucking witness in the case against you. Well, you've not, you've not said that the, the defense lawyer can come and visit us in this room. So you're the only one. I- and you ask him for your legal counsel. I want my phone call. <laughs> yeah, can you can you can you bring him here? All right, seriously, if you really want your legal counsel, I'll go and get him. As uh, he shuffles out the door, and uh, shortly afterwards, uh, the weaselly, gaunt, and fucking pale-looking form of Klaus Rosenbaum comes in the door. As you you hear him before you see him, as he's coughing something wet up into a handkerchief. As he's like. <laughs> Yes. Um, I say... You call? Uh, I didn't... <laughs> you rang! Uh, <laughs> I say, uh, so I didn't see Tessarian in the witness box. I saw Oberon, his, his nephew. Um, yeah. Um, I, didn't see, I didn't see Tessarian. Is he, is he on their witness Is he on their witness list? Or is he, um, is he just observing... What the fuck do you think this is? A Panini sticker album? You don't collect people in the witness box. As far as I'm aware, Tessarian sent Oberon because he was busy dealing with matters in the Savalier Wood. It turns out the return of his orbs of Tartarus have um, occupied him. <laughs> oh man, we lost the orbs. Oh, so the orbs have already gone back to Tessarian. Oh, the orbs have already gone back to Caesarean, yes. But they might be ours. The case hasn't even closed yet. Well, if you found not guilty, then surely they're, they're ours. Yeah. That's not being caught with the crown jewels. It's very obvious who they belong to. Well, I don't know. Like, if the crown jewels were in a museum in another country, I mean, did they steal them or are they theirs? <laughs> Look, if it's a spotted history of British culture, then <laughs> maybe the allegory of the Elgin marbles would be a valid point. But quite frankly... This wasn't something I was I was going to argue, but as a straight white man, I'll barrel through. Um, <laughs> you know, possession is nine tenths of the law. You know, we we didn't steal the orbs from them. Like we went and found them for them, we, and we didn't sign a contract to say that we had to give them over. Who says that we even that's in the first place? Just because they said, "Oh, there's these orbs, and they might help our woods." Ah. What what kind of defense lawyer are you anyway? A state-appointed one. I am the bottom rung of the ladder which may help you out of the well which you find yourself currently languishing in. My, my money bag has never felt emptier. Anyway. I did um, well, well very recently. I, I know this game. I, um... I, I need you to, um... Oh, I, have two, I have two questions I, I want two messages that I want him to send, or two questions that I want to ask him. I don't know which one to do first. What do I look like, a legal genie? I'm, 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 I'm pontificating out of character, okay? Um, I want you to find out what happened to my wolf, Barbara. Oh, well, that's very easy. I can tell you what happened to your wolf. Where is she? She was taken into custody to the pound. She was taken... I like, like put my hand on on Hanasha's shoulder. Like she was taken to the fucking pound. Well, yes. I mean, she'll be kept in the pound until you are proven innocent or guilty. Where else would you like her to be kept? She is neither innocent nor guilty. She is worth treating with dignity and respect. That's absolutely fine. I just, 
do you know how many other animals are kept in this pound? No. What the fuck do I look like? An animal husband? No. I do not... I am not a vet. I do not look after the welfare of animals. I once had two guinea pigs as a child, but I do not know the state of your dog. But I could tell you that it is in the pound. Where are all of the other animals? He called called Barbara a dog. She's not a dog? She's not a dog. I, 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 I only I only ask because she doesn't she doesn't often play well with other animals. Uh, it might it might behoove the court, let's say, to to check in on the pound. <laughs> do you not think that the state of Uthodon has enough things to do rather than check in on your feline? Not a feline, canine. <laughs> it's fine. Education is not up to much here. Yeah, well, look, you asked the question, and quite frankly, I'm not paid by the hour. So, what's your second question? Um, could you... Damn. No, you know what, I'm good. I don't need the second question. You don't want that? Oh, well, small mercies. Small mercies. <laughs> thank you for your thank you for your time, and I hope the uh, cholera treats you well. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for that cutting remark. A witty rejoinder. It was like a corridor or COVID, and COVID feels a little bit close to the bone. Too close to the bone. Right, well, I will see you later. Um, I will see you back out there shortly. And he makes his way out, leaving you on your own. Mere moments after he's blasted out of the door, another figure enters. A uh, sprightly dressed female dwarf comes bustling in with a quill and paper. And she's like, But I, turmeric mulch, the Daily Herald. Could I ask you a few questions? Do you have any nuts? <laughs> uh, I, I, just, I just, I just say, sure, go right ahead. I straighten an invisible tie. Our readers will be interested to um, hear all about your story. So, how did you come together? How did we come together? There was a stack do, wasn't there? I think we. I think we were on a. I think we were. We we were all locals at the same pub. Um, when I was a child, my father always seemed to fill me with disdain. How 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 far back should should we go? I mean, our viewers, our listeners, our readers. Jesus Christ, this is a <laughs> <more hideous. laughs> has entered new media. <laughs> no, our viewers will be very interested. So you know, yes, go back to the beginning, scaly one. Well. Uh, was, it was tough growing up such a such a popular and well-liked member of the community uh, you see her draw a line through that on her on her parchment at castle uh, castle um could I get a spelling in that M Y <laughs> and I, 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 I write it down on a, on a bit of paper um, yeah and then, so I, I I didn't want to live a life where you know, because my father could could get me anything I wanted, uh, any situation I found myself in, he could get me out of, and I, I didn't want to live that way. I, I, I didn't want to live in the, a life of privilege, so I so I walked away from it all and became a children's entertainer. That's touching. Thank you. I am very noble and 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 brave. What kind of entertainment? <laughs> Illusions, pulling uh, doves out of hats, and putting putting pennies into. Cabinets and sorry them in half, that kind of thing. Pennies into cabinets. <laughs> Anything we could see today? Maybe something that we could recount for our readers? 
Um, <laughs> sure, is, is, is the guard still here? Are we... Yes, yes, the guard is still here. He's leaning, listening, interested. I look at the guard like, is this okay? Oh, by all means. I don't get paid enough. I, I, rustle, I rustle up a very small ice knife and shoot it at the craft of, of uh, water. Uh, are you going to mark that off? It's, it's only a very small one, but I, I, guess, I guess I should for uh, consistency. <laughs> So as you fire an ice knife into the middle, the carafe blows up, showering water, ice, and glass everywhere. As as all knives, nice knives do, they explode afterwards. <laughs> so could everyone in the vicinity of the table uh, make me the requisite saving throw? I mean, I mean, how far away are we sat from this table? Small You're all sat around a fucking table. <laughs> oh, I thought the carafe was on a separate table. No, you're around ah, right, right the table. How many tables are in this holding cell? Dexterity thirteen. Dexterity thirteen. Within within five feet, yeah, that's 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 probably everyone. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a good idea, though. No. I think Tatty makes it. Uh... Tatty makes it. Aristobulus, you look round and you just see a clean pair of like uh, soles of his feet as he throws himself <laughs> into like behind some curtains. I don't think. I don't think Maud makes it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, seven. Wait, ma- um... I need to roll for him. How's oh, yeah. Hang on, I'll try and roll it. Oh, no. oh, for God's sake. Six. One. Seven. Seven damage. So how much damage does that do? Seven. Well, could I use my inspiration to roll a lower number? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that works that way. Oh, you can can you can re-roll a no. It's for it's not for saving throws, is it? Inspiration is for it's for ability. Wait, wait, no. I can use um, I'll use empowered spell to try and roll a less damaging. <laughs> so I'll use the sorcery point and re-roll. And if it's I have to use this this roll five <laughs> six. <laughs> does so not, no, it does um, five plus six damage. So 11 points of damage. Wow. As, as, it, as you look over and you say, what's this? As uh, you fire an ice knife into the middle of the table, the lady looks over, uh, Turmeric Mulch, the local reporter, looks over and says, oh, that's very exciting. As it explodes, you look over, you just see Tatty and Aristobulus dive to the side. The table explodes in a shard of wooden splinters. Hanash thrown against the back wall, taking 11 points of damage. You feel a pain. As you look down, you just have various splinters sticking out of your chest. As you look over, you see the guard who is, like, sitting sideways, nursing the side of his head, Uh, but he was wearing armour, so he was relatively alright, as he's like, is everyone alright? So he was, he was on, he was less than five feet away? Well, he was in the, I mean, he was alright, he was in the periphery however, as you look over you look at Turmeric Mulch who's currently lying on her side with a piece of table leg sticking out of her midriff (laughs) (coughs) she starts like coughing up blood I um, I just I just say to Aristobulus, can you can you go over and help the nice the nice lady, please? Imagine Belshard just goes to like the uh, to the guard like she told me to do it. You saw she told me <laughs> you to said do it. you said it was okay. <laughs> uh, Aristobulus walks over to the lady. He's like, "Are you all right? That looks really painful." <laughs> as 
she just starts hacking up more and more blood uh, as he walks over and says look I'm no expert but I don't think you should have a piece of wood sticking out of you as he just yanks it out for midriff as there's a low level howl from her he's like alright look let me have a word I know healing word and you look like you need a healing word so uh, I've forgotten what the healing word is the healing word is bandage as he lays a hand on her and she gets back eight points of damage as you see where the piece of table leg sticking out of her midriff is suddenly seals back up a la Sean Connery in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade you see the skin knit together as she's just left on the floor shaking with a broken quill blood all over her parchment as she stands back up goes to smear the blood off all the notes she was taken and she's like Okay, yeah, I think I've I think I've seen enough. Thank you very much. I'll uh, I'll go away and uh, write this up. As she just like skitters out of the door, I make a little shower of confetti. We look forward to the peace. As you just look back at the smouldering wreck where the table used to be, there's just shards of broken glass, ice. As you just see the guard pick himself up, just leaning heavily on his bike. I was so relaxed here. I had, I had such a good foot rest, and now it's gone. Before I go to jail, all I wanted was to sit back and rest my feet on this table. Is there anything to do pull-ups on in here? <laughs> uh, there's a curtain rail. <laughs> I try it. Oh, All right, make me. <laughs> I feel like when you're in prison, you know, you should be like, I'm great, Jack. I want to keep my my gun. All right, all right, all right. Make me an athletics check. Yeah, I will. Ten. That's amazing, because I had the difficulty level at 12, and I thought that would be easy. As you pull yourself up on it, you go... As you hear the crumbling and cracking as both uh, rivets just rip out of the wall, the, ju- the, the, the joints are holding them to the wall, as you're just left holding a brass bar and two floral curtains in your hands. As you hear a knock at the door, as you turn around, and one of the court officials walks in, saying... The jury has... Uh, oh, As he looks over at the table, which still has, like, frozen ice and various bits of smoke rising off it, he looks at a small puddle of blood and a broken quill on the floor and looks over at the half-orc who's currently holding on to a rail with two curtains on it. Jury has reached a verdict. If you'd like to follow me back into the courtroom. Is the, um, the defence lawyer still still in the same room as us? No, no, he left before you blew shit up. Okay, yeah. As you usher your way back out, you see all... Almost as if, if you imagine a sporting event where the team comes out of the tunnel and there's a sort of awed kind of roar, there's a sort of sudden uproar in the crowd as you hear the judge say, Order! Order in the court. The court will proceed. As you're ushered your way down the aisle, up the stairs, and all of you are now crammed in the booth as Maud is looking particularly fucked off. She's still feeling a little bit gnarled about being blown away by an ice knife as she uh, is squeezed in the back. You see her still pining after her bees as you are all squished into a prosecution... Uh, no, sorry, the defence the defense, uh, box is not really big enough for all of you, hence only some of you were brought to the original trial. You were going to be called individually, but being that you all broke out of jail, or at least half of you did, you've all now broke out of jail. You didn't, but you did, however, attempt to kill a local journalist. 
So, you know, swing Attempt. to it. I'd also like to note that Hamash also isn't too happy with the ice knife. <laughs> You look over, Hanash is still just picking individual, like, splinters out of his chest. I like I like to think that every time Belsdiar looks looks back at him, he, uh, Hanash is looking him dead in the eye and pulling out splinters. <laughs> I'm pulling them out now, I'm flicking it in his face. <laughs> just a steely look of fucked-offness in the eyes you, of the half-orc. You get one more, I stay with me, Belsdiar, and then I'll be really mad. As you're all in the defence box... Uh, it's squished. It's like getting, you know, 19 people in in a uh, telephone box or, like, if you've ever been in an Audi TT, it's like being the rear passenger in an Audi TT. You're all incredibly squished in there. As everyone looks over, you all see Tatty is too low for the, um, the shelf... Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hop, I'm gonna hop up so that I'm sat on the front, on the front shelf there. Okay, they've take, they've taken the chair out and the stand which you were on to get you all in there. As uh, Hanash, you pick Tatty up, cradle him like a baby, and just hang him off the front of the booth. As Tatty, your legs are now just hanging off the front. Uh, note there is a twenty-five <laughs> foot drop in front of you onto stone. Mm-hmm. If so be careful. Well, this is an unusual state of affairs, but quite frankly, we've got other cases to hear today. So, in the case of the Krunkfuckers versus the people of Uthadern, we will proceed. The charges that have been brought against you are manslaughter in the Dunrock Mountains, impersonation of a state official in the Dunrock Mountains, in the dwarfen city of Grimgalia, the death of several dwarfen guards in the city underground, City of Grimgalea. Further two, the charges that are brought against you. Malfeasance and fraud against the elves at the Savalierwood. Further two to that, the suspicious death of one Japeth. That wasn't brought for the original trial. Is he dead though? <laughs> you look over, you just see Japeth's widow, who's uh, in the witness box. She's holding a small child who's just waving at you. Um, Belsia. I wait back. Well, the jury have deliberated. We do have a verdict. Are there any last words you would like to say as a party before the verdict is read out? It is not strictly necessary and very rarely helps, but you are more than welcome to make a... Oh, a little man. Yes. Everything that happened, happened under my watch. These people were following... These people were following my lead. Uh, any, any judgment levied should be levied against me. And me alone. I nod solemnly. Crunkfuckers! <laughs> They're nice people. How do you respond to that, the rest of you? Dragonborn? Uh, innocent, but saying it in like a really strong way, as if that could maybe change the jury's mind if they haven't already. <laughs> sound, sound more sure of yourself. <laughs> try, try, yeah. <laughs> Trying to do a, what is it? Aristotle's can do a command word. Yeah. Trying to do that, but with no actual magical force behind it. Just going like, innocent, really strongly. Okay, half-orc, what do you say to this statement? I smile at my hands up. <laughs> Tiefling, he looks over at the Tiefling. Tiefling, what do you make of this? As Maud gives him the middle finger. Would you refrain from doing that or I will find you in contempt of this court? As Maud says, I have nothing but contempt for this court. As he looks over, he's like, Alright. Human, pervert, spiritual man. 
What do you make of this? Stop summarizing our characters in three words. <laughs> As Aristobulus leans against the side of the dais, looks at him for a while, thinks, reaches into his robes, and just pulls out the tin whistle, and is just like... How the fuck did you get that in here? That's that's not appropriate. All right, you put that away right now. 20 minutes later of chasing Aristobulus around the courtroom. (laughs) Where did he get the bullet from? Aristobulus (laughs) just looks him dead in the eye and is like... (laughs) And just sticks it away. All right, well, that's about the level of fucking response I was expecting from you, Retobates. So, okay. Listen, it's worth noting... We did detect magic had been used to try and sway the jury. This isn't our first rodeo. Do you really think you could affect the mind of a jury member and we wouldn't realise? I can't believe someone tried to budge this rule and tried to screw us over. Thank you. Yeah. You just hear a little flute, a little tin whistle at the back saying... Well... We know you tried to affect the jury, and look, the jury went away, they deliberated, we had to remove one of the jury members because she was quite frankly cracked. Just stopped, wouldn't stop smiling saying nice things about you. But we took her out, and with that, the jury has voted. He looks over at the jury and says, and what is your vote? As a particularly weaselly looking man at the front of the jury stands up and says, we find in the case of... Crunkfuckers versus the state of Uthodern, the party is guilty. As your defense lawyer at the back, you hear a cough as Klaus Rosenbaum just says, (coughs) Well, yes, well, uh, yes, my job, my work here is done. Thank you very much, and um, maybe we'll see each other soon. I grab grab his arm before he leaves, and I, I lean in and whisper in his ear, Um... No matter how this how this goes, get me a meeting with Oberon before we before before I get carted off. Well, I'll um, see what I can do. I mean, I don't know who the hell you think I am, like some sort of telephone network. But oh, I will just, uh, just be a cool defense lawyer for once. Have you ever seen any films? I'm paid pittance by the state. As far as I'm concerned, you've already asked me to iron your clothes, bring you peanuts, and overlook the fact that you tried to kill a local journalist. I didn't so do any of that. So if you would like me to try and get you one last meeting with Oberon, I will try my best. But in the meantime, I suggest you listen to that man over there as he points back to um, Kakout Grease Grip, who adjusts his wig and says, All right, it's time to... Uh, Sentence you. Can I very quickly ask Tatty, do you still have your hat with a feather in it? Uh, Are you still wearing it? I assume you've been allowed to keep your hat on, right? Or I I would assume so, I think. I see no reason why not. Yeah. I cackle to myself, setting up potential future events. Chekhov's hat. <laughs> There's a pregnant pause in the middle of the sentencing as as Cackle Greescript says And you will be sentenced to as you just hear a dragonborn cackling in the <laughs> I would say shut up or I'll hold you in contempt of court, but quite frankly, it's a bit late for that. So, in the case of the Krunkfuckers versus the estate of Uthodern, you have been found guilty. Your sentence will be life imprisonment in Nutbush Penitentiary. You could appeal after a term of no less than 30 years. Your goods... 
Your money will be held for you there at the state penitentiary for you to collect or to be passed on to your next of kin. Do you have any last words? Um, can we have a mistrial? <laughs> I, 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 I feel like it's not very fair that just because someone was saying nice things about us means that they're crazy. I, I put my hand on, on Hanasha's shoulder and I, I, I just... How? Go, He's like six foot something. I stand, I, I stand up on his on his arm and just, just, just put a hand on his shoulder and I say, Justice Grease Grip, I would... I would implore you again. This 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 team that you see behind me were only acting on my orders. If if anyone deserves to be sent to prison for the for the crimes of having misled his 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 squad mates in in the acts that they committed, it should be it should be me and me alone. He thinks for a while. Strokes his long white beard, which is held together by various runes in plaits. He adjusts one of the runes. He's like, All right, if what you're telling me is true, then what I'm hearing is you are malicious and they are naive. So the judgment stands as he bangs his hammer on a gavel. Court is adjourned. I, um, is the, does the witness box still have the, the people in it that were in there before? Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to turn and as I'm turning to like walk, Back down the back down the steps. Um, I give a look to Oberon to try and try and get some eye contact. What? Pretty much everyone's looking at you. As Oberon looks over, you see his steely-eyed gaze. As he's just got a shit-eating grin on his face, like somebody watching their cousin marry their other cousin at a wedding. There's a certain degree of <laughs> shit-eating. <laughs> <laughs> like a Cheshire cat watching another Cheshire cat marry its cousin, yeah. and there's already yeah. a baby cat that was clearly from that. Exactly, that exactly. Union, already, and it's a bit like there's already an incestuous bun in the <laughs> oven, and everyone knows that child's going to be brittle. So, brittle. yeah, that's happening. And as you walk down the stairs, and as that smooth operator stares at you with steely eyes, oh yes, Anash. Before I walk down the stairs, I'd like to shit off the balcony. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ alright as you go to make your way down the stairs you turn around and say Kekad Grisgrip one more thing as you drop your keks lean over the edge of the balcony I need you to make me a acrobatics check <laughs> as you're leaning above a 20 foot drop as the glass blades start charging towards you oh no <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs> <laughs> As you see the bright tail running towards you, you just slip backwards off to the, the defence box, and everyone turns around as you just hear a "oh." <laughs> you, you fall off the defence box backwards. There is a. Boom! As you hit the floor, there's an echo, like resonance around the rafters as everyone turns in hushed gaze. As you take eight points of damage. You feel something give in your thigh as your trousers around your ankles. As you barely manage to hold your dignity together, as you look, you just see the smear down the front of the box, which is forever <laughs> into the ageless wood. <laughs> From your twisted and broken form on the floor, you look up and you just see Grease Grip Kakard leaning over the front 
of his, you just see a pair of eyes lean over the front of the judge's booth. I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk over to the edge of the booth and just, like, look down and, and be like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Justice may be blind, but Justice is also covered in shit. <laughs> and then I just go, you okay, buddy? How'd you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we're gonna pause for a drink break. <laughs> Justice is blind, but justice is also covered in shit. Should be the answer. And we will always have that moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful moment. Wow. Good. Right. Drinks break. See you back here in a minute. Every so often I remember that Maud has got a a dick nose and just all of this is going on with her. (laughs) When when you say, like, every so often, are you at, like, work and you just, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just driving a car, doing some shopping, walking around. I think Maud's got a dick nose. Dick nose. I think it's like quite a big dick nose. Like, yeah, I kind of think of it like it's a droopy one that kind of like almost like sort of covers her mouth. Flaps about a bit as she, yeah, as she moves around. Nobody wants a micro penis nose. No, I mean that's twice as embarrassing. Right. So picking up where we left off, they scrape Hanash off the tarmac giving him time to regain his dignity, pull up his trousers. As you look over, a small dwarf with a mop and bucket walks past you as he looks up to the full 25-foot length of the carved wooden defence box, which now has a smear down the front of it as he's like, Oh boy, well that's a real doozy. Oh boy, what a job. You walk past him. Each and every one of you is led out into a courtyard outside of the courtroom manacled hand and foot when they come to Hanash they struggle to get him into the manacles as he's so big they are joined several manacles together to make a mega manacle Wait, in we, order to get... we're not manacled yet we're being manacled if you would like to interject in the middle of the man- manipulation I'd very much like to which is clearly a word I think this is my only chance isn't it I, I, I pluck the feather from Tati's hat and applying it to myself I gain the ability to fly. Yes, you do. Oh my god. (laughs) And I just shoot upwards like Neo at the end of the Matrix. (laughs) Into the air. (laughs) Right, okay. Why do you insist on fucking up every narrative storyline I've ever written? Right. Because you're about to get to prison. Much like the Shawshank Redemption, shackled hand and feet, you waddle your way forwards. At the end of the line, they come to shackle the Dragonborn. Just as they go to apply the first shackle, he leans forward, snatching the aquiline feather out of the front of Tati's hat, snatching it up. You breathe on it, say some incantations, roar up off the ground, taking to the sky... All of the guards instantly prepared, clearly for some sort of shit housing, turn and open fire with bows and arrows. I'd like to try and jump on them as they do. <laughs> um, all right, you're manacled, so I'm like a, like a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, Hanash, describe to me how you're going to take out one of the five archers who are currently. Uh, so, how far away from them uh, am I? Well, they're spread out around the courtyard, so you could probably take one of them out if you really want. Mm. It's going to be a struggle. Okay, well, I don't to help my buddy. So I kind of, like, hop over 
<laughs> and, then, and then and then I squat down to get maximum thrust, and then and then I kind of extend my legs, jump and salmon onto one of the guards to like kind of knock it over with like big big party. All right, make me an ath- athletics check with disadvantage. Eleven. Eleven. Smashing the guard to the floor. Not particularly doing him a huge amount of damage. You see his bow discharge as it goes flying and embeds itself in a carriage which you were being brought towards. You just see one of the arrows go in the carriage. As underneath you, you hear a voice of a dwarf who's now pinned to the floor beneath you. You just hear a man saying, Get off me, you wee gula! What the fuck are you doing? As we look over, the four other dwarfs all look up at Belsia as he rises up like Icarus with his wings. <laughs> What's your fly speed? Uh, 60 feet. 60 feet? Really, it's like, yeah. That's 10, 10, what is that? 60 feet in every 6 seconds? Yeah. Like 10, 10 feet a second? That's pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, you could use your action to dash as well. What's your, what's your usual movement? 30. So that would make it 90 feet if you used your action to dash. That's how dash works, right, AJ? Fly dash. Uh, yes, but then you, you mean you can try and, yeah, hard to say though, because this is more of an instinctive kind of thing, this isn't like, there isn't a great deal of time in this, this is a jailbreak, rather than, um, some kind of... Um, I, I mean, it's the first time I've ever flown, so... Yeah, I think, I think it's... From a, from a role-playing perspective, I don't think I know how to... Not really. <laughs> you can describe the experience... Uh, Belsia, like, how does it make you feel right now? You're flying for the very first time. I, I, like Anakin Skywalker in um, Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, this is racing. Four dwarven archers are going to try and open fire on you as you take off across the courtyard. Let, let them. <laughs> the first one, taking aim and firing, gets 15. Okay, that hits. You feel. So we got one hit. The second one, taking aim, sees you as the arrow goes into you. You slow down as the second one takes aim and fires up, getting uh, 13. That doesn't hit. Okay, that doesn't hit, so we've got one miss. Second one, looking over, adjusting for his mates. Like He's like, hurry up, you motherfucker. Take him down. I'm not getting a fucking fine again for escaped prisoner. Takes a shot, gets 20, not natural. That definitely hits. It's the fourth one now looking at you like a pincushion. You've slowed down, ichor and blood dripping down upon all the other party members as the third takes aim and gets a nine. Doesn't hit. Okay, you've taken two arrow wounds, uh, doing you a sum total of 12 points of damage. Did you take damage earlier for the... No, because no, he was I didn't wondering. take... He was on yeah. the there. I mean, I guess by the letter of the, I can I can roll that now if you if you insist. <laughs> you didn't I, take I, damage earlier, did you? No. No. Okay, I would suggest you you retcon that and work out whether you took damage. Yeah, I think that's for it. It does say that the target in each creature within five feet, which technically includes me as the. Yes, includes you. So but the got... target was a fucking vase of water. <laughs> so I've got to. Oh, it was a dexterity saving throw of 13? There we go. 17. 18. Right. Taking 12 points of damage, you feel like two arrows digging into your vitals as 
Aristobulus just gets some dragonborn blood on him and is just like, ah, oh, Jesus, it went <laughs> into my eye. It's in my open mouth. Fuck's sake. At this point, Tatty's just looking up as Belsian soars away. Have I got have I got manacles on my hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And manacles on my feet. Yep. But I'm not connected to anyone else. Nope. I just I just go Look at him go. <laughs> I just stand there. I just stand there looking at him. Right, Matt, what are you doing? Just assuming I'm I mean, I think two out of four hours I could probably soldier on a little bit. I can probably I mean, fly lasts for 10 minutes, so I'd say I can probably fly to... Up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like Icarus, just keep going up. Let's work this out. It lasts for 10 minutes, and you can go... 60 feet, 60 which feet is... every 6 seconds. Which is 10 feet per... This is the, this is the D&D I love, the, the hard maths. 10 feet per second. <laughs> it's the airspeed of an unladen dragon. Time's up, time's up, time's up. Oh, it's at 60 feet per hour. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, so... So I can fly up to... You can do 600, 600 feet a minute and 6,000 feet in 10 minutes. Dude, get the fuck out of here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just for our, just for our British and our American listeners, how many miles per hour is that and how many kilometres an hour is that? Just so we know. Dude, it's, it's, it's 1.8 kilometres an hour. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you can travel 1.8 kilometers an hour, which is how many miles an hour? In miles, that's one point about one mile per hour. That doesn't okay, sound you're, like you're going about the speed of a milk float. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody shot a dairy farmer with two arrows. As he right, okay, good. So very slowly, Belsiar flies across the sky, just with a trail of crimson behind him as he slowly bleeds out. What are you doing? What's your intention? Well, now I've got some time after my initial after my initial flight to think about it a bit. How did we did we find out where our stuff is? No, it, it, your stuff is being transported. They didn't say when and how. Somewhere, yeah. Well, it's going to it's going to Nutbush Penitentiary where we're supposed to go. Whilst Belsiar hovers in the sky, slowly bleeding out with an arrow sticking out of his vital organs, we're going to pan back to everyone else as the glass blades all come in with sharpened halberds and are like, you get back in line, you motherfuckers, otherwise I'll cut the lot of you. Somebody go after that fucking dragonborn. As they start, like, shepherding you towards the carriage, you see a long, drawn-out penal carriage, which is all... Penal Carriage being the name of the episode, which is an all-black-out armoured carriage with grills. As you are slowly manhandled onto the back, and you see this is a penal transport carriage, with most of you being manhandled in now that they've got several pairs of manacles on Hanash, who has seriously crushed one of the dwarfs into the dirt. You, you stop to give him a hand up afterwards, because you're a gentleman, clearly. Tatty, you're ushered off to one side as... Klaus Rosenbahn says, I did what I could for you. I know I'm not a good lawyer. I know you're guilty of sin. You probably got what you deserved, but here is Oberon. As he scuttles off, you hear his wheeze and his cough. As you look over and you see the blonde-haired, lithe form of Oberon with his leather trousers and pointy shoes and his sexy leather jerkin. Okay, cool. I'm going to... Just a pause there as you just took in that warm... Haze of a mental image. Yes. How close am I to the carriage right now? As he's saying, that? twenty feet in your twenty feet, and this is a closely watched 
conversation between two people. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm as manacled as I could possibly be. It's fine. Absolutely. They've got little manacles for you. They've got Fisher-Price manacles for the gnome. I'm going to, as this chaos is going on, and I assume the, the, the dwarves are readying arrows to fire at Melsia, I'm just going to, uh, how far away is Oberon? Uh, he's about ten feet away from you. He's keeping safe distance whilst being close enough to talk to you. Oh, okay. Relative, relatively unheard. Say, uh, shall we? And I just, I just like gesture to like the 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 far wall of the of the courtyard, as if to say, shall we have a shall we have a private conversation? Well, yes, we want one last conversation. As he calmly walks, he flows like water. He's graceful and elfin in the way he walks. As you, as a tiny manacled gnome, have to hop like a fucking penguin to keep up with him. Mm. As you hop off to one side, still very much watched by everybody. Belsia, you better be having a plan about what you're doing because you're going to get shot at again in about five seconds. Hanash, you are familiarising yourself with your surroundings checking out for the comfier seat in the penal carriage just testing the the cushions on each of the chairs you're just checking out all of the graffiti that's been etched into the walls with manacles there's various lewd pictures and initials scraped into the inside of this over many decades of use of this penal carriage right quickly going back to tati and uberon what are you saying to him you've got minutes i say you i mean you know look at me you know this was this was me and not them I have no interest in any of this, quite frankly. This is a tawdry business. There was a dalliance with my brother. How is he? He got what he deserved. How is Theolian? How do you think he is? The optimist in me says that he's... And then I look look at him in the eye and I say, he's... The optimist in me says that he's rotting in a prison. Did you really bring me all of this way to ask me about Theolian, or do you actually have some kind of agenda that is worth this time? I don't know. I mean, you're the one that came all this way for the orbs of Tartarus, and I'm the one I'm the one that stole them. Well, I mean, I feel it was more of a group effort, quite frankly. But I, I just I just gesture to like the the mess going on around us, and I, I said, look at them. Look at them. As we look around, we just see various gnomes just fucking around, firing into the sky, trying to take down Belsia. As one of them hits a pigeon, as you just <laughs> see a pigeon kind of pinwheel out of the sky, as it just lands six feet away from you and Oberon. Yes, I see what is going on here. So I say, I say, look at them. They're 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 chaos. That's because I've that's because I've resigned my post. I'm no longer the I'm no longer the leader that will corral them. I've, I I gave up. You saw it in that courtroom. I, I gave. I'm I'm done. Like this is this is me now, and I can accept that. That's fine. But what all of all of these people did was my fault. Innocent or guilty, judgment has been served. So, do you actually have an agenda here? What do you want from me? I want you to let them go, and I want you to take me. What do I look like? I'm not here for. I'm not the chief justice. Your friend already took a shit down the front of the Chief Justice's place of work. I am merely an observer, a witness. Yeah, but it was a great metaphor. Let's let's be fair. <laughs> yes. 
Um, I say, I, I say, look, so there's not even a small part of you that, or a small part of, let, let's think about this, because your, your uncle couldn't be here. There's not even a small part of you that would, you know, fucking Nutbush Penitentiary, some fucking piss-ass prison in the arse end of nowhere, wouldn't you, let's be fair, for the price, for the price of letting these people go, wouldn't you much rather have me all to yourself? No. Okay. I don't know if this will really surprise you, but I rarely ever think about you, little gnome. Oh, okay. Many things keep me up at night. Theolian skincare regime, the price of a good pair of leather gloves, but your well-being is not one of the many things that keep me up at night. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't start this court case just to, just to have me in irons, just to be able to torture me. I didn't start this court case. I am a character witness in a court case. Am I sad that justice was served? I'm, I mean, come on, I'm already in irons. We can get to the point where we were truthful with each other. Like this. I'm not your friend, little man. I have never been your friend. In fact, hitherto, this is the first time I've ever spoken to you. I'm not your arch nemesis. I'm not some tawdry toy to be played with. I am Oberon. <laughs> I say, I know, I know who you are but I also know who you represent in coming here. Yeah. I, repre- I represent the fine and regal lineage of the elves of the Savalierwood, whom your friend took a shit on the fucking rug of. Your other, your other friend, as he points up towards Belsiar, who's still flying around in circles, <laughs> killed several guards, burnt down a tent which has been in my family's personal lineage for several generations. You stole my carriage, stole my driver, smoked my cigars, and killed several guards on the way out. Where in all of this do you think that I am at all feeling lenient on you? I mean, let's be fair. I didn't tell anyone in the court about what you did to Maud. I have no idea who Maud is. The bullet that you kept captured for years... I don't think that is me you are thinking of. Can I... My brother and what my father get up to are quite other things. Can I insight check that? Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what insight checks are there for. Oh, so close to a natural 20. Uh, 16. Yeah, I mean, this guy is a world-class shit-eating cunt, but as far as you can see, he's uh, on board. Uh, He genuinely has no fucking clue what you're talking about. He's not nice. He doesn't want to be your friend, but as far as you can tell, he's telling the truth. Okay. Sounds like a really bad Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> Shit-eating cunt, looking for... <laughs> doesn't want to be your friend. Also, doesn't want to be your mortal enemy. <laughs> I'm not your friend, buddy. <laughs> I just... I say... Listen, I must go now. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for giving Simig a bit of colour in his life. I'm sure he's sired a few more shellings up here <laughs> in Uthodern. The old boy. <laughs> Did you try some of his scrambled eggs? I say, I just say, Simic was a godsend. Let, uh, he, 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 he added, yes, you are right, actually. He added a lot of colour to our lives. And, alright, okay. It's, you know, I, I, I can see you're, you're an important man. You don't have a lot of time. This this was all I could this was all I could I could hope for, and I, I just turn around to, to walk over to the carriage and I just go, good luck, 
Sincerely, I hope you find the rest of the orbs. And I turn around. Well, we have all of the orbs. Mm. Oh, Oberon, my sweet summer child. <laughs> you never spoke to Mumithluence, did you? All right, all right, all right. Make me a deception check, you weasel. <laughs> this is like fucking Fisher Prime. Oh, we're so close to a good roll. Well, look, this is this has been a lovely ruse. Thank you very much for you know giving me some closure for all of this nonsense. Listen, travel safely. I hope your lifetime in hard penal labor goes well. As he goes to turn to walk away, he stops, reaches into the inside pocket of his breastcoat, pulls something out and tosses it over to you as a single copper piece lands at your feet. Thank you for the entertainment. As he ushers his way out and through a door at the side of the courtyard. You look down in the rain, the rain starting to patter down onto the courtyard floor now. You see the single copper piece at your feet. Pick it up, stow it away in my like in my wrist or something. In your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> All the way in my in my bicep muscle. <laughs> uh, you know Belsia would have made it vanish using close hand magic. Hanash, <laughs> what are you doing? You and Maud and Aristobulus are all now inside. You've got the best seats, like the first people onto a plane. You've picked window seats. I am going to ask Aristobulus if he dances a game of slaps. Oh, no, look. What's in it for me? The slaps would be so fun in manacles. (laughs) What's the winner get? Uh, A new instrument. You've got a new instrument? Shh. Oh, I'm in. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Slaps. Me first, all right? All right. As he, you line your face up as he's like, two rounds, all right? I lost teeth last time we did this. As he goes to warm his hands up as you sit forward, you have to have your hands crossed. As he warms up his slapping hand, you see him like rubbing can his hands. Can he have his hands together. crossed? Oh, how do you can, can he go like that with his hands manned? No, 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 no. <laughs> Please, In the game of slaps... The person receiving the slap has to take it. To show that they're going to take it, they have their hands crossed. Right? You're going to take turns doing damage to each other. But he's got his hands manacled. So, so yeah, it's, 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 you're the one who started this it's game. It's not English slaps. This is this is this is, is um, Port de Mali slaps. Oh, Port de Mali rules. No, this game. I'm, I'm, I'm As Hanash joins his hands together. Oh, Hanash. As Aristobulus, sorry, you've got your you have to have your hands crossed so that you can't he's defend yourself. He's throwing his hands together, he's closing his fist. That's not, yeah, well, he's got his hands manacled. What's he supposed to do? He has to make a fist, super fist with them. Uh, all right, yeah, how do you want to play this then? He puts his hands together like the international sign for prayer. As he goes to like lean back, he's like, you ready? Yeah. Best of two, yeah? Yeah, bitch. As Aristobulus makes an unarmed attack on you. Oh god, that's such a lot of health for think. <laughs> uh, for the sake of this, we're gonna say that it's a straight up hit. We're just gonna take damage because yeah. you're a stationary target, right? Otherwise you're gonna be here forever. As uh, and also for the sake of it, we're gonna roll a D4 each, alright? Alright, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, He deals you three points of damage. As he catches you with part of the manacle, you hear something crack inside your jaw as a bead of blood goes down. Never once moving, he's like, yeah, all right, I'm happy with that, yeah. Oh, shit, it's your turn, isn't it? As you see him sit there, crossed, 
like he's shaking a little bit. Right, what we're doing for this, D4 plus your strength. So he got one plus his strength of two made three, yeah? So roll me a D4 and add your strength. Sure, well, I get a four plus three for strength, so seven. So Hanas takes seven points of damage as he's flung across the carriage, <laughs> bouncing down the aisles. He's like, I don't like this. <laughs> right, as he picks himself back up, he's got like an egg on the side of his head where you clocked him. There's blood like dripping out the side of his nose. All right, it's my turn. I'm, All right. I've got out of d and Well, how does one win at this game of flats? You're the last one standing. Okay. <laughs> as he walks over to you, he's like, all right, I got this. He's a little bit dizzy. As he joins his hands together, leans back, you cross your arms. He rolls a D4 and adds his strength. He gets a two plus two is a four. So you take four points of damage as you feel another blow to the side of your head, but you don't rock that badly. I'm only at three hours left. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that felt good. And you see him like his fingers are like absolutely mangled because you're strong. Your face is tough. As he's like, come on then, come on, any green bastard, hit me. As he braces himself, you see like he is shaking. You, you're pretty sure he's pissed himself. <laughs> Five points of damage. As again, he is smash down the aisle you see him fly over the top of a chair and you just see his feet sticking up over the top his bare ass exposed as the guards are actually really getting into this Maud you just see with a look of like popcorn uh, <laughs> on her face as he takes another five points of damage he's like alright yeah and you see him pull a tooth out of the back of his like spits a tooth out as he's like good as he gets his hands together again you lean forward in the position as he slaps you clean across the face do it oh no 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 i rolled the wrong dice doesn't do you 18 points in that comes flying off uh, he rolls he does you three points of damage so i've gone down to zero yes as, as everything swims you black out and collapse across the back seats he just stands up he's like yeah told you bitch don't fuck with the man of the cloth. <laughs> I remember this has heard the advice that when you go into prison, you have to start a fight with someone. <laughs> and taking it, <laughs> it to the logical extreme. Start a fight with the biggest guy you can find. It's not a fight on the bus to prison. <laughs> <laughs> and Ash, as you, you black out, you go to a safe space as just you... You, <laughs> you go to join the demonic gods who have seen fit to bless you as you go off into a kind of fugue state of uh, almost just feel yourself floating down a river as you're out unconscious. As we pan back to Belsiar, who's flapping in the sky, what is your plan? Because right now, five more archers are going to shoot at you. Right, I've pointed it all out. Is there likely to be like a consulate or... (laughs) A, a Dragonborn embassy in in uh, in in Uthodon. Are You asking me? Does Draconia have a consulate in Uthodon? Yeah. Or would it be likely to have one that I might? I mean, it's possible, but the chances of you knowing where it is are astronomically slim. But you are many. You're about a hundred feet up in the air. So I'm going to allow you time to make a single perception check. 
Can I make a perception check to find a dragonborn in the city? You, you probably know the way to. The yes, you you, you can you can make me a perception check to find a dragonborn. But the moment you take the perception check, you're going to get shot at by five arrows. So make it good. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Getting further away. I mean, he still has the yep. movement, so he would still he would still have that sixty feet of flying. Right. But I gotta pick a. Okay, I rolled a seven plus three, so that's ten. <laughs> Looking around, things are starting to get a little bit blurry as you you see two people having a conversation in the corner of the courtyard. You see the carriage rocking from side to side violently as if two people are beating the shit out of each other. As you look down and see the angry faces of five dwarfs, you look around. From up here, it's really hard to see as you wear glasses at the best of times. It's very hard to make shit out. You just see lots of little ants running around underneath you as five dwarfs open fire on you. Right. Do you have from 120 feet away? From 120 feet away, which, if I am not much mistaken, hang on. That's like out of range, right? I think they. What are they? What are they using? Are they using short longbows? Oh, longbows. Okay. Which in B and B. Has a range of 150 feet short range or 600 feet long range. Oh, fuck off. True. <laughs> so, they're still within short range. If, so if it was short, they'd have to be at disadvantage, but... Yeah, these are long ways. As five dwarfs take aim at you, we're just going to add them all up as we go. So, the first dwarf does a 20, not natural, to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay. The uh, That doing... Um, Wait a second, can I... They've opened fire on me. Can I shoot yeah. back at them? All they did was a perception check. All yeah. they did was look around. Do you want everybody to make a... <laughs> okay, if you want if you want this to be armed combat, if that's how you want to use up the rest of this episode, we can turn this on. Roll me an no, initiative. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, Roll me an initiative. I'll try and dodge these attacks and then I'll take a view on my No, no, no. I'm feeling... I'm feeling Jared. Roll me an initiative, Jared. All right, then. Let's do this. I've, I've, already, I've already ruined your plot. Let's see if we can ruin the rest of the episode. 13. Oh, plus one. 14. 14. All right. So we've got... Hold on. Okay. So we have got one, nine... What did you get? Uh, 14. 14. All right. So you come in third place of the six, pe- of the six people in this. So that's Belsey, oh, they're in third place. So there's two people, you, then three others after you, all right? So the first one... So we'll say, well, we'll say that first one got a 20, so that... Got a 20 to hit, which does you... Uh, does you six points of damage. Taking another arrow to your shoulder, joining the three other arrows, two of which are sticking out of your vital organs, you start really feeling it. Things are starting, you're starting to feel a warm haze coming over you. The second one who is now aiming at the wobbling pincushion in the sky, gets a natural 20, doing 10 points of damage in total. I'm okay. As you feel an arrow slam into your left lung as the wind is knocked out of you, as you're now like flapping like a hummingbird in the <laughs> sky, just fountaining blood in all directions. It's now your turn. What do you want to do? How far are these pesky dwarves away from each other? Are they kind of spread out or are they... That's a very good question. Uh, three of them are spread out and two of them are together. Oh no. Ice knife, ice knife. It's not ice knife. It's not. 
it's not. No, it's not. But you've only begun to see the power of this fully operational Dragonborn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to shoot a fireball, and that has a 20 foot radius. So I can probably target at least two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A a, a bright streak streaks from my finger. Everyone in a 20 foot radius, assuming I'm pointing at a point to to hit the most number of, of dwarves. Uh, must make a dexterity 13 saving throw. All right. First one passes with 14. Second one passes with 20. They still take half. They still take half damage. I think they take uh, half 86 fire damage. So let's roll for 86 fire damage. Okay, so they each take 13. Yeah, I think you. I think you round down. Is it rounded down? Yeah. Uh, there are two very looking crispy singed dwarfs as one of them is paddling out his beard you just see his ta- those tassels uh, all on fire as he rolls around on the floor screaming as he drops his bow the other one just like feeling sorry for himself as wisps of smoke are coming off his now melted armour he screams as he tries to unbuckle his armour uh, as it slowly starts turning into slag metal there's one other archer who's going to turn and fire up at you who gets a natural one turns shoot. <laughs> In, in all the panic, he turns, shoots, shoots the, the last dwarf clean through the throat as the one who was unbuckling his armour just like lolls around screaming with blood fountaining out of his face. One down! Fantastic. As we go round back to the top, the first dwarf looks over, sees one of his friends, murder his other friend. <laughs> Simon, what are you doing? That's some crown of madness shit. As he turns yeah. and open fire on the dragonborn, as he watches the dragonborn immolate one of his friends, he gets 16. That hits. He does three points of damage. Yes. Down to six. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other dwarf's like, keep going, keep going. As the, the, the dwarf number two takes aim up at Belsiar, opens fire, gets 17. That hits. Do you have, do you have shield? I don't have it. I'm, I'm, I'm a glass cannon. Five points of damage. Oh, I'm down to one HP. <laughs> he's down to one HP as he's just hovering like a bleeding seagull. How how big is this courtyard? He's been moving sixty feet every turn. <laughs> to right, I see these are professional archers. I'm just going by the rules. I feel like maybe, you, Matt, you should have gone like 20 feet up and then like 100 feet like sideways. <laughs> you, should, yeah. you just went 120 feet into the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, can could I, you roll one of them's already killed one of them? I'm doing all right. Can I, can I move into the sun to like blind them? <laughs> If you want, yeah, you can sit behind the sun. I'll, I'll move it to the sun, so they've got so the sun's behind me. Uh, you're you're now behind the sun, so the dwarves are struggling to see you. As you just see a dwarf go, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> right, what are you doing? Let's see. So the other dwarves. So how many dwarves are left? Four dwarves. Two of them are severely fucked up. No, yeah, yeah, four dwarves. Two of them are severely fucked up. I'm gonna pick whichever dwarf is next and I'm going to give it the old crown of madness treatment. Okay. So that's a wisdom 13 saving throw. Got ya. Uh... Fails. Oh fuck. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. You pass. He failed. Oh, he failed. Oh. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, I take control of him. What does he have to do? Does he have, does he have to attack 
an ally. Is there anyone? Is there? Is there any dwarf within reach? Yeah, he's standing next to both of them. Were cooked by fireballs. These are the two dwarfs who were singed. Oh, cool. Well, I I, I tell him to, to to have at him. Okay, so um, he turns, takes out his longbow as he's like, Simon, what are you doing? It's me, Theodore. Elvin's dead. <laughs> Why do they all have chipmunk names? <laughs> <laughs> Logistical and copyright reasons. <laughs> Don't do it. I've got a wife. As he opens fire and gets 20, not natural. He's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Taking uh, four points of damage. He is now looking very grim as an arrow sticking out of his chest as he's like, You bastard! I was your best man! <laughs> we were friends! Uh, right, the guy who's bleeding on the floor looks down, he's got an arrow sticking out of him. He's like, looks at his best friend who's just shot him, looks up at the sun, he's like, Where's the gun? <laughs> oh. He's like... <laughs> and he runs off to get help. Fantastic. Just leaving you now, two dwarfs. I guess I've, I've, I've. It is it my turn? Have we gone back? No, we're back around. Sorry, three dwarfs. Sorry, there's three dwarfs. One of which is mad. First dwarf again, looking at you. Fires with disadvantage because you're behind the sun, or you know, standing in front of it at least. Gets ten. Misses. Shoots wide as he can't see. He's like ah, like grabbing his eyes. He can't see shit. Second dwarf looks up at you. Shoots with disadvantage. Gets thirteen. Misses. Misses. They can't see you as you're in front of the sun. It doesn't mean anything to you because you're facing away from it. But to them, they just can't shoot you for shit. It's now your turn. Let me think. Patty, you're slowly being, like, shepherded onto the carriage. As you go on there, you see Maud laughing, cackling. You see Hanash just out cold. And you see Aristobulus just nursing some bruised knuckles. Right, Belsia, what are you doing? I'm going to maintain... Your one point of health. With my action, I'm going to maintain control on the one dwarf to kind of cover my escape and then I'm just going to fly away. Okay. As you fly off into the distance you are holding on to health. I would make you make a sunburn check (laughs) as you get a nasty suntan and lose your one point of health. (laughs) Tati, the last thing you see as you're ushered into the penal carriage is... The dragonborn vanishing up, eclipsing into the sun's rays, too bright to look at as the dwarfs all shoot wide. One of them runs off like another one, clearly mad, looking around with his arrow for friendly people to shoot at, and another dwarf just twitching on the cobbles with an arrow sticking out of his throat. Your work here is done, as you're quickly ushered onto the penal carriage. Hanash and Aristobulus, Maud, and Tatty, you see the back doors come up. It's dark on the inside. You're manacled to chairs. And you notice for the first time that you're not alone on this. There are various other prisoners being transported on your way to Nutbush Penitentiary. As you hear a man say, Hoo! at the front with a whip crack. As the horses start pulling the carriage along, you feel the rumble of wheels on cobblestones. As Belsiar... High, high, high above, you look down and you see the dark form 
with the penal carriage, snake away through the streets of Uthodern. As it makes its way through cobbled streets out into the shopping precinct, you see people jump out of the way of it, as it's led by a pack of particularly large-looking horses. As you look down and look at all of the arrows that are currently intersecting all of your vital organs, you feel very pale and gaunt as you realise you've lost a lot of blood, as you float above feeling powerless. You're almost... When you started this, you were like a rocket, and now you're like a paper aeroplane, <laughs> bleeding out as you drift along the breeze. What do you want to do? Is there? As I, I, I want to find. I'm, I'm going to play the uh, the race card and find a friendly dragonborn who I assume will be sympathetic to my plight. So as you fly over the city, you look for. A friendly dragonborn. As you roar, following from above, high down in a top-down aerial view, you follow the penal carriage as it weaves through the streets. You see it ever closer, getting to the front gates of Uthodern. As you fly high above, you see the ants of people down below. As you make me a perception check to see whether you can find a dragonborn. Eight plus three, eleven. Eleven. As you look down, you think you see a dragonborn. As you swoop down in front of the cart, you get lower and lower and lower. And you realise it's not in fact a dragonborn. As you realise it is in fact a mule. But you are so (laughs) bloodless and weak from all the arrows. As you hover 50 feet in the air above the mule, you just let out the words, Shit. (laughs) It's at that moment that... The flight spell, which only lasts for ten minutes, wears off as you plummet sixty feet out of the air (laughs) of the city, (laughs) peppered in arrows. I need you to make me a survival check. Oh God! Do you have any? uh, Do you have any third-level spell slots left? No, I've used them all on fly and fireball. Although, I mean, I can get them back. But wait a second. Yeah, you can spend you, you can spend sorcery points, can't you? As I as I as I fly towards the ground, I use my sorcery point to regain uh, sorcery point to regain additional spell slots to regain a third level spell slot. Oh, I'm, I'm out of feathers though, aren't I? Yes. Oh, and yeah. as I as I remember, <laughs> and as I'm about to cast fly again, I remember I'm out of feathers. What about blink? Oh, you'll be you'll oh. be you'll be sputtering around in like ten feet. Where do you want to blink to? As you fall out of the sky like a rock, you cackle to yourself. <laughs> Sorcerer point. Shit, no feather. As the ground rapidly <laughs> comes up towards you, pulling one last ace out of your sleeve, where are you going to blink to? As you roar down towards the street, in front of you, you see a tavern to one side, a stable to one side, uh, iron mongers Coming down the cobbles, Ooh. you see the penal carriage. I'll blink to the stable, assuming there's a nice pile of hay. To, to break my Blinking to the stable, you reappear just above the roof as you slam through the roof of the stable, exploding into the straw. Looking over, you see a bewildered-looking old nag who's, like, wide-eyed, looking at you as you pick yourself out of the straw, twist, stretch, ugh, feeling like you've just won the lottery. As you run out to the front of the stable, you look just to your left as the penal carriage holding your friends crosses your path. That is where we're going to leave this week's episode. <laughs> that is by far the worst use of sorcery I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was impressive. I love that. <laughs>
That was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. That was perfect. The fact that you had a... I suddenly... I looked at the spell and I was like, where am I going to get a feather from? And I thought, maybe I can ask for a... My last meal? <laughs> to be an unplugged chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just be like, oh, uh, as a dragonborn, we only eat uh, 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 fowl, raw and unplugged. <laughs> raw, raw and alive. Well... That episode will be with us forever. Hello, Pod. It's AJ again. Seriously, what in the rubbery fuck actually happened back there? That was not the episode I was expecting. Not sure who Belsiar was trying to show off to, but I hope they were impressed. Turns out, much like Harrison Ford... Crocodiles aren't meant to fly. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Now, assuming you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Better yet, give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on and help spread the word of our shenanigans far and wide. As ever, for all the latest news and updates, we can be found on the socials. On Twitter, at AnnoAnno1. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And at adventurers-anonymous.com, where you can find a smorgasbord of material from us. So, that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Chris, Lewis, Matt, Schnell and myself. Have a hearty slap on the back from all of us. We'll see you next week. And remember, happy adventuring, my friends. Stay tipsy.